What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week, another episode of The Golink Show. I am your host, Ben Harris, and I am the founder of Golink. Golink is a goal-setting community providing growth junkies, which I hope is all of you listening, with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. So if you're looking to grow, if you're looking to develop, then you're in the right place. These challenges are inspired by brands from across the world to bring you new ways to improve yourself on a weekly basis. So you can kick back or you can watch me take on these exciting and new ways to just really just delve into uncomfortable challenges and grow. So I challenge every listener out there to join me, catch the content on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Golink Group. The Golink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through it? What role do motivation, discipline, failure, and all other sorts of things play in our lives? We discuss the process and not just the result and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in. This week, we have my friend Wendy Taylor on the show. She is a dietitian and a mindset coach. So she combines dietetics with psychology to better help you get past your food rules and really coaches on intuitive eating. Um, She used to work in, she managed Bath and Body Works back in the day. She worked in medical sales for 10 years, and now she makes a living as a dietitian. So this is an awesome interview. Get ready for some cool food tips um, because... As you'll hear, diets can be damaging, why we should focus on what we're giving instead of not what we're getting, and like I said earlier, eating is more about psychology and mindset than it is about biology. And she even coaches me to realize that I have a fear of eating carbs because I won't have cut abs if I do. So stay tuned for a live coaching for to hear her story and to hear about intuitive eating. Expand your mind. Let's grow. Let's get it. All right, y'all. Welcome to another week, another episode of The Golink Show. My name is Ben. I am your host. I am the founder of Golink, and Golink is a goal-setting community. We provide growth junkies with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. So I hope that's you. If you're watching, if you're looking to level up on a consistent basis, then you're in the right place. This week on the podcast, The Golink Show, we have Wendy. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, you are a faith-based dietitian, a mindset coach, and... I help women with stress-induced GI issues heal their relationships yeah. with food. Boom. So, <laughs> so thank you for being here. Um, this is the second episode we've filmed, so thank you if you're watching or if you're listening. We still appreciate it. But we're glad to be here, and what we're going to talk about is, of course... It is, like you said, it's mindset and food related. Um, before we get deep into that, I love your story of how you found, like I guess how you found this because you were doing medical sales, mm-hmm. right? And then you jumped into this. And can you just give us a quick download of how you started? Because I know you went to school. I think you got your MBA, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what's that whole, what's your whole background that led you to this? It's definitely been a journey and a process to get to where I'm at. Um, I would say like you don't know what you truly want to do and find your purpose until you just try stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I just remember driving down the road, uh, I covered South Carolina and I'm like, what what do I want to do? And Mm -hmm. if I could do anything, like what would that look like? And at the time, and that was back in 2013, it was, oh, just, kind of at the time it was like what not to wear was really mm-hmm. popular. It was like I'll go into people's pantries and 
I'll tell them what not to eat, which is so opposite of but what I, I do now. But that's the thing is like, it is a cool idea. <laughs> like, honestly, like I kind of want you to do that for me. Like, just because it's <laughs> just because it's like entertaining, like on it's kind of, it's just fun. Like if you don't have to take it personally, but that's just a cool idea. I thought, well, here's the thing I realized is people didn't want me in the pancreas. I realized it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And in working with people, you know, they don't teach us these things in di- in dietetics. We're taught, you know, you give somebody a meal plan, you tell yeah. them what they should or shouldn't eat because they have this medical condition or that, and, and this is what they should do, and bye-bye. Like, and so what I was finding, even when I started my own practice, was that they would come to me, and it was almost like they were mm-hmm. I, I was the priest, like they were in confession, and it mm-hmm. was like guilt and shame, and they didn't want to tell me the whole truth, and I would, I would weigh them, and so like they mm-hmm. would leave, and I would feel like I, something just wasn't right, and you know they might do well for a while, and then they'd fall off the wagon, and so like I didn't feel like I was gaining any ground with them, or mm-hmm. that I was really like, they weren't having that like life change that I guess I thought I would help them achieve this transformation that mm-hmm. you see all over the internet you know right so you were driving in your car so you were doing medical sales mm-hmm. for 10 years were, were you going for 10 years at this point and then you were just were you driving to discover something or are you just driving i mean i honestly think i was sending the message out there to myself like what okay. is it i want to do and it was like i guess that was the pivotal moment of me trying to figure out like what my purpose was <laughs> because were you just tired of being in like a typical job or how did you get to that point it uh the atmosphere i would say uh, in the medical sales mm-hmm. realm and from when i started back in early 2000s to like when i left in um 2014 mm-hmm. it had changed so much okay so i do i'm very like independent and autonomous uh, you know i like my autonomy and i like you know being able to almost like go in and manage my territory on my own and it became very much like i wasn't in charge of that process anymore okay so so you did like it so when Mm -hmm. you first started you liked almost kind of being the entrepreneur like being Mm -hmm. your own boss very much like that i would go in and and i would connect Uh with people just like i really do Uh now i love connecting with people and i would i would um just walk into a hospital system. I would I would do my my digging mm-hmm. and my research. Who do I need to call on? You know, mm-hmm. it's much like entrepreneurship, but like you know, like who are you going to like connect with next and collaborate with? And how am I going to get connect with this person? And so it was it was a lot like that. I see the similarities now. And um, and then in the end, it just became uh, hospitals joining bigger and bigger supergroups and. Okay. You know, contracts were being negotiated on a national level, and mm. I was locked out of hospitals because of these contracts, and so I wasn't able to make those connections with the people in the hospitals anymore. It was harder, let's put it that way. So it made my job less challenging because I was just told, "Hey, you've lost this account. You won this account. Go in and convert it, or not. You know, sorry, <laughs> no bonus this this quarter. You know, okay. so it was very, but it wasn't on what I was yeah. my my performance." Um, and a lot of times if we lost national accounts, I was able to kind of like keep those accounts just because of the relationships that I had in them. But I knew it was only a matter of time. 
That's interesting. So how did you get into that? So what is the timeline of like undergrad, MBA, like medical sales? Like what's the timeline? So, um, yeah, my, <laughs> I've had a random dietitian journey. I mean, right. I, um, I went into dietetics because I realized very quickly in undergrad that nursing was not my calling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dietitians, uh, they, they get to wear normal clothes. They don't have to work 12 <laughs> hours yeah. um, shifts, and they don't really have to touch people. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my, yeah. I can do it. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty convincing to me and then I went into dietetics and pretty quickly realized that clinical it was just the clinical aspect of that in general it was so monotonous um, mm -hmm. that it wasn't there were areas of dietetics that are more challenging than others I would say but just the clinical in general and back when I started there was no internet I was listening to a podcast this morning and um, Gary V and, mm -hmm. and he and he was like how many of you are over 40 well he was like you know no one raised their hands well where was he he was in like Singapore or something doing a keynote no one raised their hand no one was over 40 no one was over 40 and he was like he's over 40 and so yeah. I'm sitting there brushing my teeth thinking I'm over 40 <laughs> yeah. he's like well if you're over uh -huh. 40 you grew, you were an adult when the internet came around and I remember being yeah. in college and I was working in the computer labs and i was like what's google that's like, so cool though <laughs> that's like a cool thing just to like be cognizant of i love that yeah um so just like all of this i guess since i left medical sales and decided to do my own thing the whole entrepreneurship mm -hmm. i remember coming back um to a bar and i met my friend for happy hour here and he um has a business online an online journal for oh, cool. um, credit unions and hmm. so it's a financial thing but we met and he was like that's a really cool idea this pantry thing yeah, and he's yeah. like um, you need to start a blog and I was like what's a blog mm -hmm. <laughs> what year was this <laughs> this is really embarrassing uh -huh. 2013 <laughs> okay so not like not too long ago honestly no yeah but that's still like when that's when blogs were like starting to get popular instead of like Instagram. I didn't come or that in stuff. on like 2008 with the blog. Yeah, 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 it was it was kind of coming in on the on the tail end of it mm -hmm. when it was really popular. And of course, now there's so much, so many other platforms. Mm -hmm. And and um and honestly, um, writing isn't my favorite thing. So um I really love Instagram and yeah videos. The videos. And, yeah. So you studied. So you got your undergrad in. What dietetics. is it? Dietetics. Nutrition okay. and dietetics. So, uh -huh. and my journey was interesting because when we when we graduate, we have to go back and apply uh -huh. and, and do an internship, which okay. is like um, a residency for doctors uh -huh. or something. So, like we we apply, it's a computer matching system. We get into this like internship, and then that's another ten months after we graduate. Hmm. And from there, um, after that, then we have to take our exam. So. Okay they scare you to death in undergrad and I have interns now and, and they come and they're, mm. they're, they're obviously they're scared to death. Like, you know, but yeah. I remember them scaring us to death about getting an internship and I didn't go right away and get my internship. I was like, I don't want to do this anyway. Like this whole like clinical thing. Huh. And 
I went, I managed Bath and Body Works for oh, really? <laughs> a year and a half. And then I realized, okay, this was cool, but this isn't really getting you where I, mm. I want to go. And I went back and did the internship. So this is cool. And why I love to talk about this kind of thing is because it can be so easy to just like look at you now and like, okay, sweet. Like she's doing this full time thing, her own business. And that's why I really like to kind of go through the story because I think it's breezed over, you yeah. know, like it's just like, okay, you were from here to here. No, like there's no, a long, so much. there's yeah. that so much. And so I really like to dig into it. Um, okay, cool. So like, I love that you were managing, you know, bath and body here works. Here I am holding the lotion after <laughs> like a year and a half. And I'm like, I can't do this the rest of my life. So that's cool. And I yeah. think because some people get, well, like get stuck in, stuck in that, like, so for you, like you just felt a different calling or why did you want to I like pursue like I've more? I have always been kind of like pulled. I love it. I've been pulled in a direction, but I don't know what that is. And so I feel like I'm like almost like floundering and failing forward. Yes. I keep trying these different uh -huh. things. And um, I really now I realize you don't know if you don't try. Um, mm -hmm. And just I'm, I'm super risky. So I, I went back to the internship and... And of course, after I got the internship, I was mm -hmm. in a small town in Missouri at the time. And there was like two hospitals and each hospital had a couple of dietitians. And so there was no jobs. And, um, you know, I wasn't at a point in my life where I was like able to move or pick up. And, mm -hmm. and so I got a job right out of my internship. I'm a full-blown dietitian now. And my job was in um, sales and I was in advertising. And it was one of those like four state trader papers mm -hmm. where you like go around and you shoot pictures. I never shot a real, ca a, a real live <laughs> camera, but they yeah. gave me a camera and said, you go around to all these auto dealerships or these used car dealerships or tractor trailer, or even like one off like, I mean, I was going into like the boot hill of Missouri down like highways <laughs> that <laughs> it was like highway T T or you know uh -huh. they had like double letters and like this was way before like Google Maps. I mean I was map questing. Yeah, <laughs> which is so funny that you say that because I look at I remember I remember MapQuest. Um, that's just so funny. Um, okay, that's so cool. Like I love like all these different jobs, and so <laughs> what? And then. So fast so forward to 10 into years. The medical sales. That's what the did medical it. sales. That experience that mm -hmm. I had, you know, calling on auto dealerships and, mm -hmm. you know, take, you know, selling like raw sales. Like I started that day and had zero sales that week and I needed, like, mm -hmm. I needed sales and I, those sales that I created got put into the paper for the next week. So that's so cool. So <laughs> I think young kids now will probably think like, man, I got to get into my passion like now, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, man, I need to, like, I'm 20 or I'm 25 or even 30 or whatever it may be, you know? And I'm like, I'm not at my dream job. What is wrong with me? You I know? think that's so, why I resonate with Gary Vee so much uh -huh. because I see the message that he's sending out to these kids and yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I, I feel a little behind. I'm like, here I am 40 and I'm just now figuring it out. But that's the thing for you is like, you're not even halfway through your life, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's so cool is that you appreciate it more and then you still have 40 plus years to like do your passion. Yeah. Like for me, I want to live well over a hundred. So it's like, 
think like, yeah, life is short and we need urgency, but think how long that still is that you can play the long game. Yeah. You know? The long. So what would you, so if like a young kid's listening and they feel like stuck or frustrated because they're not making as much progress as they want, what did you learn from not immediately having success in your passion or the line of work you wanted to go into? You know, I think at the time, I was trying to control my life and mm -hmm. where I thought I wanted it to go. And that's what's so mm -hmm. interesting about the process is like, mm -hmm. dietitians are very, like it's type A and we, and, and I had this idea of what, where I thought I wanted to be. And so I was like on track with that. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in sales now. And that sales job got me into medical sales. And in medical sales, I thought everything was great. And five and a half months in with this company, I was like, I'm gonna be here the rest of my life. Oh, really? I lost my job. Like the companies merged with another company. And I was like, wait, this happens? <laughs> like this is what That's the real crazy. world is? And I huh. went to work with the competitor. Ah. Two years later, the competitor bought us back. Really? And, oh yeah. So it was. <laughs> An yeah. interesting 10 years of uh -huh. just change. Every in sales, if anyone has ever been in sales, every year uh -huh. you wait by the phone because there's restructure. That that's kind of the, yeah. the thing that I didn't like about it is you're always you're, you're only as good as your last month. You mm -hmm. you don't have control over your future, <laughs> really. Yeah, that's crazy. So what like what benefit came from that? What benefit came through that arduous like experience. It seems like you learned a lot. So For like, me, what did you learn? It was the connections that I made with people. I mm. feel like all along the way, and I've had people tell me this and, and I would never have come on a podcast and say this <laughs> yeah. uh, before probably like a month ago. Oh, boom. I know I told you, I just yeah, yeah. joined like an online business yeah. mastermind and they made us go through this entire process of like, what are your strengths? And while I, awesome. I'm able to tell you, like, I think my strength is this or whatever, we actually had to ask people and get cool. feedback and really dig, dig, dig deep. And I like it. I actually had two of my bosses in sales tell me, you connect with people on a level and develop relationships like none mm -hmm. other than we've ever seen in our whole entire life. Like that's two awesome. bosses. And so I know that, like, that's... I still have people like DM me on Instagram and connect with me and share my uh -huh. stuff on Facebook. And there are people that I connected with in the hospitals all over those years. You can look That's at cool. the pictures. Uh, I just went uh -huh. and shot um, some pictures in Savannah for uh -huh. some branding and stuff. And um, the, the even the girls in my pictures were like my real friends. They're dietitians, mm. and we were out to out to dinner. Okay. And um, so, like, uh -huh. I can say that. I've met so many people along the way and learned just so much from just like connections. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned something earlier too. Um, shoot, I forgot it, but we'll have to come back to it. Cause so connections, and I think that's really cool. Like, oh, that you're not in control. I think <sighs> Yeah. Um, this is huge. That was hard. I think mm -hmm. this is something I'm learning completely. And like, we're, we're talking a lot about Gary Vee but that's something that he says. He's like, I realize ultimately like, I'm not in control. So. There's like, a reason he's like <laughs> listened to and consumed by 
so many people because it is true. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you have to get to a point where you realize like it's, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. And like when you're really finding your true purpose, I think it's, it's in, it's in serving others. And so mm. that, that shifted everything. That's for me. cool. All right. So that reminded me of when you said serve others, it's, we often think of relationships with people, um, that what we're getting from it. And I think I heard someone say that it's not about what I'm getting from this relationship. It's about what I'm giving. Mm -hmm. And I think like you talk about serving others. I think that's a really important thing that I'm still learning is like really trying like my whole life I've always grown up with like what am I getting from this yeah right I think that's I mean it just makes sense it's kind of ingrained in us yeah like what am I getting from this but I'm learning to be like no one owes me anything no expectations yes. like if they give me anything that's a true gift like they don't owe me anything that's a gift and then of course I want like for them, hopefully I can be of service to them. Mm -hmm. And like what gifts do you have to offer yes, to the world? And it's your strengths, like what you just talked about. Finally figuring that out. And mm -hmm. how can I utilize these gifts that I have mm -hmm. to help other people? I love that. And I think maybe, do you think that's how we should start looking at our purpose in the world instead yeah. of, right? Cause I think a lot of things is what are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want to do? But maybe it's like, what are your strengths and how can you serve others? I think I put a video uh -huh. yesterday up uh -huh. about we're, we're so focused on like our passion. Um, sometimes we aren't obedient to like what our true direction is. And we mm -hmm. think that, and I've realized that maybe we don't have to use all the qualities that we think we have to use, mm. you know, or maybe they'll be used later. You know, but it, that'll all come about in time. We just have to be open and flexible to like what that path is for us. <sighs> but isn't that hard. so hard sometimes <laughs> yeah. to like trust it? Like, yeah, speaking of your video, I watched it and it was talking like you can go more into it, but it was talking about essentially how everyone needs help. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think for you, like you're talking about you're an individual and I'm the same way. Like I'm an achiever. I don't want anyone's help. Right. Are you a three on the Enneagram. Yes. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So totally relate. <laughs> and so like for me, and even this morning I was meditating and I have a hard time celebrating. And I think that goes into that a little bit of just like relaxing and being okay with like, cause I think I always have to be on mm -hmm. and I always have to be like productive and I always have to be doing something. But I, like this morning I was meditating. It's like, Ben, you freaking killed it yesterday. You did so much. Like be grateful, settle down, chill eat your peach parfait and relax. <laughs> so yeah, what is like, go more into like what you talked about in that video of, I love your vulnerability and tra transparency in that of like, everyone needs help. It wasn't until, mm -hmm. I guess I realized people, I think I told you this, people realize they've always said like, you're good on video. Mm -hmm. However, the Wendy that they saw on video for so many years are on, you know, your Carolina or whatever was, you know, making green smoothies and turning it up and turning it on. Uh, and it wasn't really being like uh, super real and transparent. And Oh, okay. So interesting. So, so people know 
when you did like the pantry thing. So your Instagram handle at pantry doctor that came from you're going to people's pantries, literally, and, literally, and saying, "Hey, throw this away or and keep then I this." I went through a process where I was uh-huh. I had a meal plan membership, and people uh-huh. were you know I was telling people what to eat, and it is so entirely opposite of of what I do now. Yeah, but that's so cool. Like that's just part of the journey. And then you made a video like apologizing yeah. to people that you that you told them to like cut this out and worry about your weight. I mean, and I try not uh-huh. to go back and think of all the people that I coached that I did put on a scale or that I regret. I try not to go yeah. back and think about that now. It was just like, mm-hmm. let's just move forward. Like, yeah, a- which is okay. Cause you think about like sports coaches, they make mistakes. Yeah. And you, know, you think about doctors and too. Parents and I doctors, think about doctors yeah. in the medical field and what they were telling people uh-huh. in the nineties is definitely not what the <laughs> research is saying now. And, yeah. um, this book was written, I don't know, in the early 2000s or mid-2000s. So it's been around a while, but mm-hmm. I, it's just now picking up speed. The book I'm referring to is called Intuitive Eating. Yes, and that's a yeah. perfect segue because we've been talking a lot about your mindset and your journey, which I'm all about, and that's why you're here because in this show we talk to, like, like everyone does have a story, but, like, really digging deep into the process. Like, I love the process. I just don't like talking about the success or the result, like really digging deep into kind of like what sucks and like the challenges, right? That's what we're all about every single week is like embracing that and loving it instead of trying to avoid it. Because if you try and avoid your problems, it just creates more. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go into intuitive eating. So for people who don't know, what is that? It's a great start what mm-hmm. you just said right there about it's about the process, not mm-hmm. the end results. It's very internal versus like external and i think with diet culture surrounding us every Mm -hmm. day like we're focused on a weight or some number that's going to make us happy Mm -hmm. and ultimately like like that's that's not what it's about that's Um, true with anything actually it's funny it all relates but keep going yeah it all (laughs) relates and so i began consuming just like Mm. personal growth podcasts and and doing work on myself, you know, a year or two ago, and it, and it, mm-hmm. through that process, I realized it it really is not about the food, it it really isn't. And yeah. So I love this. So why is it not about? <laughs> which is funny. Why is eating not about the food? Because, like you said, it, it's kind of uh-huh. like a mindset, and and it's about what you go through, and it's about the process. Like I said, it's internal, not focusing on the external thing to make you happy. Mm. So it's it's. The steps of intuitive eating are very interesting because like people reach out to me and <clears throat> even yesterday I got several emails like, can you help me lose weight? As that is a lot of what they say. And sometimes it's like, can you help me lose weight because I need to get knee replacement surgery? Okay. Hmm. Okay. So we're getting a little closer there. There's a motivation the behind. There's a why. And, and that tells me that maybe... It's not just about the weight. It's about like being healthier or, you know, longevity or something. So like there's a process that I go through with my clients now to make sure that like we're a fit to work together. Um, But yeah, the process of intuitive eating is is hard for people and some people might not be ready to accept that process. Mm -hmm. Um, There's essentially there's 10 steps out Mm -hmm. of 10 principles. Um, And the first few are very messy. So a lot of my clients may have been like chronic dieters or mm. I would say my typical client is um, 
late twenties, mid thirties, mm-hmm. and, and female typically, female, right. and they are not overweight, um, but they may think they are, or they may be focused on a number, and they're very, mm-hmm. um, they have a lot of disordered eating mm-hmm. uh, patterns. Let's talk about you said disordered patterns because I think you think me immediately would go oh eating disorder but that doesn't necessarily mean that there is such a wide spectrum when you say like disordered eating that can be like anywhere from like me um Mm -hmm. let's say I you know slipped up this morning ate a cookie and fell back and like wondered how many calories was in it to Mm -hmm. like full-blown like eating disorder like you need to go to the hospital it could be like you you know uh-huh. counting macros yeah. to like you know it's it there's it could be anywhere in between okay so, cool um so just any type of unhealthy yeah judgment with food probably there is something i see a lot in females uh-huh. of that age though and it is actually a diagnosis now okay. uh, it's um it's called orthorexia Okay. And it's an unhealthy obsession with healthy foods. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like. And now we're getting down to like the nitty gritty of what's yeah. really going on with my clients. Uh-huh. Um, I just wrote a blog post on this yesterday um, and published it. And it was called, you know, could my disordered eating be causing my GI issues? And there's research around uh-huh. that now. Yeah. So. That's interesting. I realized this after working with these women for uh-huh. so many years that there was there was a relation to like their GI issues and foods that they had cut out of their diet. So Mm. um, what that does is if you cut out certain foods, you're naturally gonna kind of mess with that internal like gut microbiome and Mm. we're meant to have a variety. And so the more foods that they Uh. cut out, now I do something with my clients first called like a deep dive session where we go through like their entire health history and if there are things like Crohn's or any kind of um, any kind of of GI issue that like we can go ahead and rule out celiac or something like that then that's okay they they can't have gluten that's I'm not gonna (laughs) try try to go there add this back into your diet yeah Yeah. (laughs) but I think for the most part a lot of people have 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 taken these food sensitivity tests which i i don't do in my practice and i don't Mm. believe in they put a fear around like i can't eat these foods and then they take them out and the more that they cut out and the more foods that they don't eat Mm. the worse the situation gets. so what about for me like because i like to experiment you know Mm -hmm. and try taking out things or adding things like because i try and intuitively naturally now i know what that is is like just trust what makes me feel good Mm-hmm. You know, and like when I eat like my, you know, what Kodiak cakes are like protein pancakes. <laughs> yes. I love those. And like when I eat them late at night, I wake up next morning with a sick tummy. Okay. Right. And so what would you say? Like, is that to intuitively like, okay, Ben, that makes you sick nine out of 10 times when you eat it at 10 PM and then you go right to bed. So, so I guess my question first uh-huh. would be like, what was happening at 9 or 10 p.m.? Like, were mm-hmm. you were you hungry? Ooh, this is good. Just so everyone knows. Let's just hop into it. Let's start coaching now. So Wendy's going to coach me on, <laughs> on everything. And then we'll get back into the questions. All right. Um, so I'm trying to think. So 9 or 10 p.m. 
Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I was like super hungry, but I was like, ooh, that sounds good. And I'm like a little hungry. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what made you decide to eat the Kodiak pancakes? Because <laughs> they're fun okay. and they're good. And mm-hmm. so you just felt sick to your stomach the next day. The next day. So my question to you is, what made you choose the Kodiak pancakes over like, for instance, like regular pancakes? That's all I, that's all I buy. Okay. Because so, they have protein in them. Because they have protein in them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're getting to like a food Yes, bowl. here we go. I love it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coach me. So <laughs> there's several different phases when it comes to intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And in through the process, we learned that like we've been, we developed our own set of food rules. Mm-hmm. And like this is something you should do and this is something you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was, that came about from us when we were children and um, our parents told us that we couldn't leave the table unless we ate everything yep. or we couldn't have dessert unless we had that. And sometimes it came from like us watching our parents diet. Sometimes it comes from social media. Mm-hmm. So somewhere along the way you've told yourself that you have to have a certain amount of protein. Yep. Okay. So okay, tell me more about that. So for protein, right. It's, I love to work out, love to lift weights, be healthy in general. And so for protein is, I don't pay a ton of attention to it anymore, but in the past I would like, for a little bit, it's like, oh, you need one gram per how much you weigh a day. For me, it'd be 180 or 185. That's a freaking ton of protein, you know? So typically kind of like what I've eaten now is between like 80 or 100 grams. And, but What's your percentage of protein that you try to hit? I don't know. I don't keep percentages. Okay. I just go with it. So but, where uh-huh. where did you get the idea that you need 80 to 100? Uh, just my own rule, just because okay. 180 is a lot. So I'm like, okay, 80 to 100 sounds good. So on the days that you have mm-hmm. 80 to 100, how, how does that make you feel? I don't count it really, but it makes me feel good. Like, oh, sweet, I hit a goal, you know? So it's more of hitting a goal versus like, versus like actually being in tune with like your body and and what it Mm -hmm. might feel. Yeah. And and this is what I find with clients a lot is it becomes about a number or a macro count Hmm. or so, and what intuitive eating does is you have to put all of that aside and learn how to trust your body to tell you like when and what to eat again. Mm. And I find that people struggle with that so much and they might they might struggle with it for a while. Now, GI issues aside, you can put GI issues in the Which mix. Which is gastrointestinal, right? Gastrointestinal yeah. issues. Yeah, we're talking about bloating, mm-hmm. uh, diarrhea, constipation, sometimes feeling full really early. Yep. Um, and a lot of those things um, if you've been doing if you've been doing diets for years and years and years and different things like that I start to see these symptoms in people so they have to work through them um, and so the first few stages are like you have to ditch diets and know that there's not mm-hmm. another diet around the corner that's going to work for you so why why is intuitive eating not a diet interesting that you asked that <laughs> Because it can be real easy 
for people to try to make this another diet. Yes. And so I think if you're not working with someone to constantly like bring you back to your internal cues and mm-hmm. work through each part of the process, the steps, I've seen people turn intuitive eating into just another diet, just the mindfulness diet. Well, cause right? that's what I'm trying to like in my mind, I'm immediately trying to put rules around. Around intuitive eating. Right, yeah. around intuitive eating like, okay, well what feels good? You know, and so I example, mm-hmm. um, I had a client in, uh, you know, very orthorexic, orthorexic eating. Like I don't see any grains mm. in her food journal, and I still see food journals. So, um, so you have your clients fill out food journals. We have an app, and Ooh. they uh, click pictures of what they're eating, and then it also um, they can like. That's freaking sweet. They can put what they feel around that. Is that your app? It's called it's called Get Healthy. It's an app for dietitians, and it's that's really awesome. Cool. You just take pictures of what you eat. That's pictures. so much easier than like writing it down. Oh yeah, it's it's people won't do that. <laughs> so that's cool. I want to do that. We communicate that way. We can message each other. Uh-huh. Um, they can upload documents. I can send documents to them. Mm-hmm. Um, people are gonna look at their phones. They're not gonna. No. So they can also tell me yeah. like how they were before how hungry they were how they uh, felt after what was going on like their feelings around that so intuitive eating is about sitting with your feelings and really feeling like what's going on hmm. when you're eating and a lot of times with gi with, uh-huh. with the situations with with the women that have gi issues is it's not about the food as so much as it's about the stress yeah that so but sometimes so do you feel like feelings will lie to you though can they can i i back to the client that uh-huh. i noticed in her food journal she was she's not eating any grains and you know i'll ask her i'll i'll, I'll never tell well, unless they give me permission uh-huh. like to, you know um but basically she's like i'm feeling better i'm doing better you know what i mean and then i'm like let's talk about like allowing yourself to eat the ice cream if you mm-hmm. want it or the waffle and that's like the hardest part but she actually had in her food journal like hey I didn't feel like eating um, dinner tonight so I had ice cream and that's mm-hmm. that's still very disordered kind of thinking it's like okay uh-huh. well you should be able to there's there's two types of hunger uh-huh and you'll learn this through the process too. There's your biological hunger signals, and that's what you're. I'm working with people to tune back into is the biological hunger, the physical hunger, mm. and then learn to be okay with what's called like the taste hunger. Okay, that's okay. the satisfaction factor. That's like you're gonna see me eating, having ice cream this summer, uh-huh. or you know, it's because it it tastes good and you know people are out and it's hot and I'm gonna be eating that. So it's like the stomach growl, you know, for that taste hunger. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't satisfy that, you're going to fall off the wagon at some point. You know what I mean? There's a balance of both. And so, like, when I saw that she was only eating desserts because she's satisfying that hunger, there's a section, a principle of the book called the satisfaction factor, and it's mm-hmm. becoming okay with those foods and and that's actually one of the most enjoyable parts for my clients because they're past all the messy stuff, which is ditching diets, rejecting diet mentality, the negative thoughts that are in mm-hmm. your head, uh, and the book calls them the food police. So, like, that's a lot of work. Um, 
but then you kind of hit a point where you're ready to enjoy foods and you're not afraid that they're going to like do something terrible to your body, you know, or you're, you're mm-hmm. okay with your body. And so, um, yeah, it, there's that, there's knowing that like you should, there's a biological fo- hunger cue that you need to fulfill and it's okay to have both. Like it's okay to have dinner and uh-huh. dessert. Um, so for her, she didn't do it because she, she wasn't hungry. I wonder, you know, she like, wasn't hungry is what she said. So she had dessert mm-hmm. and that's still in that mindset. There's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. So for you, even though you're a coach, so for everyone watching, of course, hit you up, mm-hmm. um, because you're just getting a taste and I, this is so fascinating, but what do you still struggle with? I think, cause sometimes we think like coaches are perfect, but we already talked about, no, you're coaches aren't perfect so regarding with intuitive eating like what do you still struggle or practice doing we're we're totally not perfect um i would say that there are i'm sure that there are days that i'm not a perfect intuitive eater (laughs) but for me i think i struggle the most with my struggles are more with like i've I've come to terms with my body and the way that it is and it wasn't always that way I'm, Mm -hmm. i'm pretty tall and and it's part of the process is understanding like we all do have a set point and it's hard for some women to understand, but like we have this idea of what we think we want to be. And Mm. we, we know we might've felt good at that size. Um, but at that size might not be our biological set point. And Mm. you're always going to be fighting to get there. And at some point you realize like the brain space isn't worth it. Like, mm. cause you could be doing so much more with your life. And so like for me, I think the struggle, I'm okay with my body, but the struggle, I still struggle with like perfection. And like, I think I told you I had emergency <laughs> surgery this week. Yeah. And so for me, exercise is huge. Like, I feel like I can't, like you said, I have a hard time sitting still. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my clients can relate to this too. Cause they do too. Um, <laughs> But it was really hard for me. It took like surgery to knock me down and, and make <laughs> me not. Uh, or do. sometimes it's injuries. Yeah. Like for people to kind of relax, like listen to your, sometimes that's what happens. Your body telling you to relax probably. Yes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's probably the hardest thing for me. Um, I eat all the foods now and no apologies <laughs> about it. <laughs> that's awesome. So with me, let me, you asked me to think about my food rules. I actually have a download. I can put it. Do, uh, do you do show notes? We do do show notes, yes. So for anyone mm-hmm. that wants to kind of like go through this some more and think about the process and maybe what food rules that they mm. have set for themselves or where their food rules came from, I kind of have a download like that, oh, cool. that goes through some like almost like journal prompts to get you to think about like Interesting. where cool. your food rules came from. I like that. We could do that. Um, we could do that this week. Like that sounds, that sounds fascinating. So for me, I was thinking about it and it's similar to this other woman you're talking about and what's it called? Ortho orthorexia orthorexia. Yeah. And I think that's, is that common nowadays? Especially with like Instagram, we see Very. such pretty food of, or such pretty pictures of food. And I would, that's, that's where I it. would like have to ask you like intuitive eating, what it teaches you is like you have cauliflower because you love cauliflower, 
you have pizza because you love pizza. Mm -hmm. Are you having cauliflower pizza because you really want cauliflower pizza? You know what I mean? Or are you? No. And so it's the question. I'm doing it because I don't want to have carbs. Right, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And why don't you want to have carbs? Because carbs make you make me bloated or not as toned as I want to be. Hmm. Okay. So carbs make you feel too many carbs. Too many carbs make you feel bloated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I am like, I'm so excited that you're connecting with me on this level. Yeah, let's go. This is exactly what. <laughs> this is exactly the types of things that uh-huh. like I work through with my clients. So I would have uh-huh. to ask like, mm-hmm. what was going on when you're feeling bloated? Because it's not really, really ever about the food. I love that. So let's really dig into that though, because people think, okay, I eat carbs, I feel bloated. Oh, it's because of the food. There's no. also what's like a, a normal uh-huh. bloating process. Like, uh-huh. and a lot of people, you know, we are so inundated with like flat belly, abs, that like there's a process of normal digestion that when we eat certain foods, depending on the fiber content, the different things that yeah. are in it, the veggies, like you might experience a short bit of bloating but it shouldn't be like you know yeah and i've heard that like you know instagram models take photos in the morning because they're mm-hmm. less bloated or whatever that's interesting okay so what should i think because so what's the next step or question since i'm don't eat carbs or don't eat too much ice cream because that will mess with my abs <laughs> so mm-hmm. now um I guess my thought for you would be like, mm-hmm. what have you, like, what have you brought to the table? Like, what has been going on that has caused you to think that the carbs are what's mm-hmm. not giving you abs? Just the world, like, right? Like, too many carbs. Or, yeah, just like, just dieting. It's like the diet mentality. All right, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. (laughs) Yeah, just like certain, you know, whether it's like, um, what's the fasting thing? Intermittent fasting. Yeah, intermittent fasting, right? So things like that. Or like, they don't eat carbs, right? So like, part of that, like, I still like, like carbs. Like, I'll eat it. You know, like, I still want it. Like, I'm not, like, going to... But I still reduce it because it's... You're supposedly not going to make you as cut. Supposedly not going to make mm-hmm. you as cut. So, you have a fear that, like, if you eat the carb, you're not going to be as cut. Yes. Yes. All right. Boom. So, it's tackling, <laughs> it's tackling that fear that I work mm-hmm. with clients on. Okay, cool. So... So, you just go, like, deeper into that. You've got some work. Yes. So... <laughs> yeah. What you would need to get clear on is uh-huh. like what's holding you back from eating more carbs. For my clients, um, a lot of times they're cutting out of carbs mm-hmm. or they're like intermittent fasting yeah. has caused a lot of their hormone imbalance and their GI issues. Mm-hmm. And some of them develop what's called like SIBO, which is like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And they okay. may truly be feeling some feelings of fullness or like gas and bloating because they've disrupted their gut microbiome. And so by taking out 
they've like imbalanced their gut microbiome and so there's not as much of a variety in there and so we have to put back in and there's a process that they might experience more gas than bloating and when they're adding foods back mm. in that they've restricted forever like say you're a chronic dieter and you've not allowed yourself to eat oreos what's going to happen mm. when you bring oreos back you're going to get house? sick you're going to eat a lot of oreos well, yeah and you probably overeat oreos yes and so yeah. <laughs> there's the process the fear of like am i going to gain weight well here's the thing with intuitive uh -huh. eating is if you go through the process the way that it was intended it, it it's not a diet your body will normalize and become what it's mm -hmm. supposed to weigh you know it's natural set point um so it's not about the weight it's about like working through that process it's more of psychology than it is it's more psychology mm -hmm. so what do you have to say about like oreos though so if we're thinking like biologically 200 you know, 500 years ago, we didn't have Oreos or a thousand years ago, whatever. Like they're, they aren't real food. Mm -hmm. Oreos are not real. Um, like what are your thoughts on like heavily processed foods? So that comes into play mm -hmm. much, much later in the program. Okay. We have to work through the process because because you gotta you gotta think about somebody that's coming from maybe binge eating or chronic dieting or um they're coming from a place of fear with food they have to make peace with it first mm -hmm. before they can even get to the process of what i work with them on in the end which is called gentle nutrition that's where we begin to talk about that's after you've been through all the oreos You've made peace with the Oreos. The Oreos aren't going to kill you. Yeah. You've made peace with the Oreos. You know they're not going to kill you. You know they're not going to like, you're not going to be able, you're physically not going to, you're going to get sick of Oreos. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to get to the point where like, you're going to go to the grocery store and maybe you don't know what to eat because you've always been told by some plan, this is what you mm. have to eat. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting learning like you can walk to the grocery store and pick something that maybe looks good or sounds good to you or you've ne never tried before. I like that. It seems like a lot of it is like learning based. Yeah. And really like relearning. Yeah, just feeling but and being okay with just listening to your body and eating just mm -hmm. I mean it it's intuitive eating. That's exactly what it is. Like being intuitive but trusting your body. Trusting it and like just going with it and being okay with I love giving this example. No rules, you know. I mean, because because it's hard for people to wrap their heads around at first. It is, yeah. I love giving this example. Think about when you're a kid. Watch kids go to a picnic and watch kids. They run around and play. Mm. They come back. You have to pull them to the table. Yeah, they don't want to eat. They don't want to eat. <laughs> yeah. They eat whatever they want. Uh -huh. Now this is a whole nother. This is a whole other podcast, parenting mm -hmm. for intuitive eating. Um, but, you know, I've seen parents like, you can't eat this chicken finger. You can't, you can't have another potato chip until you eat part of that chicken finger. You know, mm -hmm. if you allow your kids to just, just, just do allow their thing. to be there, they'll naturally select. And they might, but, but here's the thing, like, uh -huh. they won't shove all the cookies in their mouth if they have them available and their normal food like you'll see him eat a bite of you know a cookie and leave it and go play mm -hmm. and they'll eat you know maybe a chicken nugget or two you know whatever mm -hmm. they'll eat the broccoli if you put it out there maybe they won't 
Like you have to, but it's, it's very interesting to watch kids. They stop when they're full. And it's the parents that are like, you can't leave the table until you do this. So they're teaching them like, you know, this is your food rule and that's where we learn it. And then not to say it's their parents' fault. It's probably something that they were taught. Damn society. So it's back to those food <laughs> rules and that yeah. download. Yeah. To kind of like huh. think about what were your food rules growing up and what caused you to, to have these feelings around food. But yeah, gentle nutrition is you're done with the Oreos. You've gone through all of that mess and that muck and you know that like mm -hmm. maybe you did gain weight, but you know like You've gone through the process of like, I love my body. Like, okay, let's take that back. Maybe you don't love your body, but mm -hmm. at this point in the game, I just want women to be able to respect their body. And we work on that. So at that point, you're ready to like, you feel bad. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I don't, Oreos don't make me feel good. Like I, I, I like them, I can have them, it's good, but I'm ready for like some vegetables back in my life again, because mm -hmm. I want to feel good. That's gentle nutrition. That's understanding your body. Like there are foods that make your body feel good. That's cool. So how long does this process take? Honestly, it is not a 30 day fix and people, and it's not a quick, it's not a quick, which fix. is okay. Yeah. Like, cause you're working through some heavy stuff that you've yeah. been through your whole life. And, and the process, I mean, I've got, I'll give you, um, a download for this too. I've got a list of resources. Let's do it for this week's challenge. I think everyone out there, like in the Goling community, we should do like this exercise. Yes, to discover mm -hmm. like maybe what food rules that you've had, you yeah. know, put upon you. As and then also, um, I've got a list of like a download of resources. So like cool. you can get the book and start there. And there's a list of other resources and tools that I put together. But I think going through the process alone is very hard and it can be if you don't have someone to guide you like i said it yeah. can turn into another diet mm -hmm. so um when i work with clients i work with them for six months at a time which i love that you work with them for that long because yeah we're obsessed with quick fixes yeah like no please embrace the process it takes mm -hmm. you're gonna make some mistakes you're gonna be learning along the way like be okay with that and that's another thing that I mm -hmm. learned when I um, started practicing this way with people and started implementing these principles. I would, I would do three month packages and I realized mm -hmm. that three months wasn't getting, it's not near enough time. Mm -hmm. um, you might still be going through like the first few chapters, you know, the first few principles, ditching the diets and um, making peace with food. And that, that takes mm -hmm. a while, especially if you have other underlying like health conditions that's cool so if someone if this really interests someone um of course we can do you know this the food rules exercise however if someone wants to work with you where do they go they can go to pantrydr.com you can also email me at hello at pantrydr.com or you can find me on instagram i'm always living in the dms there <laughs> <laughs> that's cool um all right, so I do this portion in the show. It's called Scroll My Soul. <laughs> That's right. And, All right. And what it means is essentially I keep a bunch of notes in my phone of from conversations, podcasts, books, anything that inspires me, I write it down, kind of, you know. So I keep a running list, and then I randomly scroll through it, and I stop, and then I think it's inspired for this specific episode. So and I just want to hear how it resonates with you or what you've just what pops up when I say it. Cool? Yes. Okay. That's good. 
So um, what I randomly selected for you was, um, you will find evidence for what you choose to believe. So you will find evidence for what you choose to believe. And I'm supposed to say, we don't have to redo this. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. So yeah, just like, how does that like resonate with you of just like, what is your experience or okay. like what comes to mind with you will find evidence for what you choose to believe? Oh yeah. I think in terms of women and diet culture mm -hmm. and what that puts upon us like and their feelings about themselves and their bodies and their worth and their value like that's what that that's what I automatically think about is like whatever you put in front of your eyes like like whatever you you allow your Instagram feed to tell you what you want to see oh, man, it's so like true. you hold that power right and and um when it comes to this uh get rid of anything that's that's sending you the message that like you aren't enough or you're not valuable or mm. you have to look a certain way so change your belief change and change what, the evidence <laughs> yeah what's huh. what you believe is often what you put in front of your face and you see and you consume hmm. that's really cool i like that all right well anything else for the world or that you would like anything that's you're feeling right now that should be said before we close oh dear anything else <laughs> well yeah actually yes. um i work one-on-one -on -one with clients but i am working on a group program mm -hmm. um that will launch in october yeah so we're filming this in june so october 2019 mm -hmm. is this program so as many people can join or mm -hmm. yes. cool so anyone out there you can go join it and it's based, it's the entire program of intuitive eating, right? Yeah, it, it, we will be working through the steps for six months together. Because a lot awesome. of times I think, you know, I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but when I see for women is like having a group or community of women that are going through the same thing, maybe not exactly the same thing, mm -hmm. but they're going through the steps together. Um, That's cool, so it's a community aspect. It makes it easier, yeah. That so, is good. Um, I, if you, I can, put that mm -hmm. in the show notes yes. so I can give it to you mm -hmm. and, because it's basically the wait list for the program. When it, when it launches, I'll let everybody know. Perfect. All right, Wendy. Well, thank you so much for being on here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Namaste. I guess we're doing namaste. Namaste. <laughs> hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Wendy, and I hope you learned something new about food or dietetics in general because I want to bring new things to the forefront of your mind to discover about yourself and the world. Um, and so this week's challenge is to find your food rules. So check the link on my Instagram, Facebook, my website, um, any post, YouTube. There's a link in any of those descriptions of to find your food rules. So like if your parents made you clean your plate, which is probably most of us, or you have to eat this before you eat this or this many before this, or if you created your own food rules, like for me, right? Like I can't eat too many carbs because of X. The whole purpose of this is to not apologize for eating a salad or to not apologize for eating a donut. You can do both to honor your body and your feelings. So this challenge is inspired by Wendy. So check her out at Pantry Doctor and inspired by the book Intuitive Eating. And we're doing a contest. We're doing a giveaway this week. So if you go fill out, you sign up, you do the exercise, find your food rules, you send it to me 
Ben at Going Group. So send it to me once you did this exercise, and we're gonna give away one winner, the book Intuitive Eating, and 10% off Wendy's program. This is pretty awesome giveaway, so make sure you go find your food rules, and once you do, of course you hopefully know the drill by now, but if you don't, there are a few ways you can report back once you complete it. You can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag GoLinkChallenge, tag us in your stories, send me a DM, or use the GoLink hotline. The hotline is designed for those who want to remain anonymous or don't have social media, but you still want a form of accountability. To use the hotline, call 385-626-0525 and follow the instructions. I love you all. Until next week, this is The Going Show.